Hey, look, here we are. It's time for Show and Tell. Uh, welcome to yet another amazing hour-long edition of our Wednesday Show and Tell here at Adafruit, uh, Adafruit West. I'm in. Uh, I am John Park. That is Lars back there. Please ignore him. Don't look at him. Don't look. Uh, and we've got a bunch of exciting stuff in store. People have all kinds of really cool projects that they're going to show and talk about. If you are interested in showing some stuff to other people, this is the place to do it. Uh, if you want to find out more, you can head over to the Adafruit Discord, which is at adafruit.it slash discord. You can get an invitation. Come on over, hop into the chat in the live stream channel. And right there, we have a link. And that link will tell you uh, where to go to join up onto the live stream. Um, so I'm being distracted by this chat because people are talking about uh, beards, beard trimming. Oh, is that what Lars is doing? I was wondering why he has those scissors. Hmm, that could be a problem. Uh, all right, so let's see. I thought uh, we would start out with our very good friend from DigiKey. Kevin Walseth. So let's bring Kevin on and see what you got going on, Kevin. Hello. Hey, John. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. How about you? Good. It's good to see the west side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. How are things over there? Things are they're going well. You know, we're like a, I've said this before on the on the show, but we're very remote up where we live, so we're we're very fortunate. And right now, we're just starting to see some of these cases hit us, and it. It is what it is. You know, mm -hmm. we're all just being careful. But life goes on, making goes on, right? For sure. How's uh, how's things going with the uh, uh, shipping and uh, and operations there at DigiKey? You know, we've been very fortunate. Uh, things are going very well. We lately we've been getting everything out on time, and that's you know what we strive for mm -hmm. uh, with our our PDC management and our entire PDC team. They've reached out and had some of the business people come in and help. And it's just, it, it's one big community. DigiKey is like an entire campus of, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, just a, a close community that works well together. So it's been going very well. I'm uh, glad to hear it for you guys. Things are moving forward. Our new building is looking phenomenal. Oh, good. It's, uh, they're starting to do some landscaping outside now. So it'll be fun to give you guys a, a tour of it. Oh, yeah, everybody. for sure. We'll look forward to that. Do you, uh, do you have a drone you can fly us around with? Yeah, just right inside. It's big enough. It's it's huge. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's I could cool. easily get you guys uh, drone footage next week to see the oh, other part of it. Yeah, but I'm maybe sure I'll do that. that. Oh, that would be great. Maybe I'll do that. So uh, this week, I've kind of been working on a personal project. I'm actually a volunteer firefighter in this small town, and please, I haven't checked to see if this is legal to drive with. So everyone, be cautious. You know, check with your own state and see what's legal. I'm working on it, but I'm making a an emblem for the front of my pickup. Let's see if I can turn the lights down. I'm going to make it, I'm going to redo it. I, I'm going to use some different 3D filament to make it a little more clear and uh, get the lights a little brighter. I'm trying to make it so it looks like it can flash. So as I'm responding to a call, I want to turn this on on the front of my vehicle. So that's kind of what I'm going for. And then, you know, if it's just, if, if I'm with a group of people, I have it set up with uh, the NRF 52 or what is it, the 52840 Blue Fruit? And I have it set up with the app. So as soon as I you know, connect to the Adafruit app, I'm going to hit controller, color picker, and then I can change it to you know whatever color I want just, just to be kind of fun. So I'm going to 
I'll finish this and I'll share it with everybody maybe next week or whenever I get it done. I'm going to install it in my vehicle with different buttons for different colors and I can turn it on to, you know, whatever I want with my phone elsewhere. That's really cool. Are you um, thinking about tying it into electrical uh, in the in the trucks? Uh, yeah. 12 volt system? Yes, I'm definitely tied into the 12 volt system. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it yet. Right. I'm still haven't gotten to that point. This is just kind of a proof of concept. Like I, I, know said, I, was, I was looking at one point at doing something in my Jeep and I had found a company that sold a little Raspberry Pi power supply board that uh, could do like proper shutdowns and startups and tie into into 12 volt in a vehicle okay. based on turning it on and off, which is overkill for what you're doing because I think uh, you've got a microcontroller there, but it, uh, yeah. it may be inexpensive enough to look into as a, as a you starter. Know, it, it does have a built-in USB jack, like right into the front of the vehicle or right into uh -huh. the dash. So uh -huh. I might be able to tie into that somehow too. Okay, so, I, just, yeah. I haven't gone that far, but great. We'll figure oh, that's, it out. Cool. That's what we yeah. do. Right? We just and so it out. you're so you're in your personal vehicle and you're gonna hit the hit the light on that as you head to the fire department. Yeah. Is the idea? Cool. Yeah. So they they do allow us to like turn our flashers on, and I've been researching different laws in different states. Okay. From what I've read in Minnesota, you can have one small, they have dimensions on a flashing light, but. Oh, right. Okay. Very cool. I feel like I've always heard you just can't have blue. If you're not a cop, yeah, you can't. You definitely <laughs> cannot have blue. It's either yellow or orange, or uh -huh. I mean, red or orange. Uh -huh. Oh, that's really cool. So, Great we'll if, if not, I just won't use it while I'm driving and it'll still be cool. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, we'll look forward to seeing the progress on that. Uh, and uh, thanks for, for bringing that by. And we'll hold you to your word. We want to see drone footage of the new building next time. That sounds good. I'll do it. Always an excuse to bring out the drone. Oh, that's super. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. And we'll uh, talk to you next time then. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, very cool. Neat project. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got, uh, I think, Melissa, our very own Adafruit Melissa, had a... Had a uh, project to show. Let's bring Melissa on. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Uh, so I would, uh, I'm going to start out by showing this, which is a little demo that's running on Display.io on the Pi Portal here. And I have been working on porting it over to the Raspberry Pi. So I got the very same demo here. And uh, you can see the... Oh, you can see the font is a little different on this compared to the Pi Portal, and, but it is essentially running this just fine. Now, let me go ahead and run another demo. And let me do this. So I have this display shapes one also running on the Pi Portal, and it is running on the uh, Raspberry Pi as well here. And let's see, oh, there we go. There you can see it, John. I don't know if you're talking because I can't hear you at all. I'm not, but uh, I have my screen down. But that is really cool. Okay. So you're you're basically bringing the same display I/O code uh, that we use in Circuit Python over to. <laughs> Uh, inside the Raspberry Pi, so we can, which is cool because we have a familiar um, uh, language there that we know how to create something on both the single board computer and on a microcontroller now, right? Exactly. And the only thing I'd really modify was the pen numbers. That's great. Very cool. Very exciting. And what state is that in? Are you um, 
bringing that uh, to a uh, uh, a GitHub near us soon, or it is, is actually already on GitHub and um, has a good chunk of it done. There's I created a number of issues for any remaining features that uh -huh. uh, don't that aren't already done, and anybody can contribute to it if they want. That's excellent. And so you said uh, the fonts were different. Uh, I know right now we can use like a terminal IO or the terminal font just by default on microcontrollers. And then we can make BDF fonts, which are sort of rastered to one size. Uh, is there an equivalent to making sort of uh, fancy fonts on the Raspberry Pi side of things? Uh, I haven't tested the uh, BDF fonts uh, on here. They may or may not work, uh, but I'd like to eventually add like uh, some kind of a true type font, and I don't think that'll be that difficult. Excellent. Uh, just need to kind of gauge whether to do something that might not be backward compatible with CircuitPython or not. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, great work, and thank you for working on that. Because, like I said, it's exciting to to know that I might be able to do some good looking graphics over on the Raspberry Pi without having to learn a whole separate way of doing it if it's if it uh, is portable from from the display IO stuff. So I a comment I saw on Discord about the speed. Um, it definitely is not optimized yet. Uh, so it doesn't have dirty rectangle tracking, which is one of the issues. Uh -huh. uh, so there's a lot further it can go than it's at now. Yeah, good. Well, it's a great start to it. Appreciate bringing it on and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks. All right. Uh, next up, we have a very special segment called Brian's Salie Plugin with Brian. Hello. Hello. Uh, How you doing? <laughs> you caught me in the middle of setting it up, but I think oh, it should I be working. Oh, no. <laughs> what did I do? Uh, can you come back to me just a minute? We'll be back with your segment. Thank you. Soon. All right. How about Scott? Scott, you're ready? Let's bring Scott on. We'll see if Scott's ready. Hey, Scott. We'll see. Surprise! It's show and tell. I'm also trying to get something work working, but I'll show it if regardless. So, All right. Um, if you pull up my screen, uh, this is my terminal, and this is the debug app from CircuitPython on the ESP32-S2, and I've been working on getting bus IO support in. Uh, specifically I squared C scanning. So I've been messing with it. There's some issues, uh, but I'm gonna flip to turn on my data lines and I'll pull up screen here and we'll see what, what we can do. So uh, first thing I'm trying to do is scan. Uh, I have an SHT31D connected, so we should see address 44 pop up. And then I was trying to use the library after that, but that's having some file system issues. So we'll likely crash after the scan finishes. So I'm just going to hit Control-D to restart. And we find 44. And then we get a random exception because the file that it's loading is not valid. Um, so making progress on bus.io, I'm going to have to figure out these file system issues. I've seen it actually happen where like, I double click a file on CircuitPy and I get like garbage rather mm. than the, the file. So um, looking at that, it's something it's super early, so it, it's not surprising. But uh, hopefully by Friday, we'll have full I squared C and, and wow. tackle SPY and UART as well. Excellent. Um, if people want to know about SPY, UART, and uh, I squared C and the differences and the advantages and disadvantages of each, I went in pretty pretty into depth in my video last week. Um, it's about 30 minutes in. 
on the uh, Adafruit YouTube. They can see the uh, live stream archive mm -hmm. of your show. Great. Yep. And, and then I'll be streaming again on Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Super. Good. Well, thank so. you for uh, for your continued progress with this. ESP32 S2 is uh, is on the way. Yeah, and thanks to Ivan for helping me with some other issues I was having. So it's been super helpful. Good. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, John. All right. I wonder if Brian is ready. I see a little thumbnail of him down there, and he is not uh, waving me off or anything. I got the thumbs up. So here we go. Oops. Liz jumped in the, the cubes. <laughs> so sorry, Scott disappeared. And all of a sudden, Liz's cube jumped in. Uh, Liz, you're muted. Uh, let's see. There you Hi. go. That you're going Do you want me to sorry, go now? Okay. All right. It, it was meant to be somehow. Okay. It's chaos. But quickly share my screen. Break. I'm into it. I love chaos. Um, <laughs> so uh, the xylophone uh, Bluetooth MIDI project went live today. Uh, learn guide and everything. Um, so I have a little demo. Um, where it's going to play along with a synth in Reason. Um, and it's actually, the music it's going to play is actually a duet I wrote in college for two xylophones, so I thought it'd be appropriate. Uh, so I'm going to oh, play it now. Got yeah. some history. Yes. Great. <laughs> So there we go. <laughs> Incredible. That is really great. Bravo. Yeah. So Thanks. You uh, so your guide is out now and yes. this is uh Remind us, is this using Bluetooth MIDI to yes. uh, control the uh, the solenoids? Yes, exactly. It's um, You're basically doing MIDI out from your DAW or your MIDI keyboard, and then it's taking MIDI in on an itsy bitsy NRF52840, uh, and then that's communicating over I squared C to some muxes that are talking to some drivers to get the solenoids to play. Awesome. And the... Uh, it's the bear of this is the details of actually putting it together. Like not only is it yeah. a great concept and you got to figure out how you're doing it, but there's this just so much wiring and mounting yeah. and things that go on. It's really an impressive project. Well done. Thank you. And big shout out to uh, Noe. He did the uh, mount design for the 2020 extrusions. Um, so that's how the solenoids are sitting on there. Yeah. And what sort of power supply are you using uh, for this, like a, a 10 amp, five, watt, uh, five volt? Uh... So I'm doing um, a five volt 2.5 amp, which is uh, basically like oh, Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, the solenoids are only actually on for 0 0.01 seconds because uh, the way the code uh -huh. is written is it triggers and instantly retracts. Um, and that's yeah. note by note. Uh, so you're never pulling more than two amps because these are one amp solenoids. So. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, and if if people want, they can go to uh, the learn guides, learn.adafruit.com and check out the guide and maybe build their own version or be inspired to, to build something based on this idea. Yes, I, I think with the Bluetooth MIDI, like I think a lot of people could build like different instruments or just different ways of controlling MIDI wirelessly that could really open stuff up. So hopefully people exciting. Yeah. build on that. Great. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liz. And thank uh, thanks for uh, jumping in accidentally and, no and being a trooper. <laughs> no warning. <laughs> All right. No thanks problem. a lot. We'll see you next time. Cool. 
All right. I'm going to attempt to bring on Brian after all the little boxes go away. Here we go. Are we ready? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Success. All righty. So uh, one of the things I do here at Adafruits, or I don't know, I guess I'm not here, whatever, is uh, work on um, drivers for Arduino and CircuitPython. And sometimes things just don't work and you have to look at the traffic that's going back and forth. I had previously shown a, a little script that I wrote to take the um, IQC traffic from a transaction between a sensor and the microcontroller and print out some information about what registers was being um, were being accessed. Um, so fast forward a bit, um, I ended up seeing that uh, CLEA they're working on a new version of the software for their logic analyzers. I think it's still officially in alpha. Um, but one of the many cool things they did is they added uh, the ability to um, write plugins, high-level plugins that consume the data coming out of the I2C analyzer and do things with it. So um, this is, I'm going to make it a little bit bigger so hopefully people can see. Um, this is the type of data that you're normally going to be getting out of the analyzers. It's a little bit different from how it used to be. Um, we also have this table view, which is here. Well, you'll see, OK, there's a, uh, a start. I just see a start, and then an address, some data, more data, and a stop. Um, I can tell what this is doing because I've been staring at it for too long, but most people probably can't if you don't have any experience doing so. Um, so what I did was I wrote, I'm going to hop over to my ID here real quick. Um, so I wrote this little uh, plugin that will take a frame of I2C data. And there's several types. There's uh, a start frame, address frame, data frame. And it um, will keep track of the transactions going on back and forth. So normally, uh, when you're working with I2C, if you're using the typical kind where you're talking, writing to, and reading from registers by an address, you'll have a uh, write that will write uh, the address of the thing that you want to read. And then there will be another uh, read that comes after that that reads the data back. Um, otherwise, you'll have a write with the address followed by more writes with the data being written. Um, and keeping track of the connection between that initial write that defines the register and the uh, rest of the traffic is you have to be able to do that to be able to tell what's being written to and, and read from. So anyways, that's what this code does. Um, it's all in Python. Um, they're, for being as early as it is, it's really well documented on their GitHub page. Um, so the end result of this is if I go back to logic here, um, by the way, this is the, the new version of their uh, UI. It's really pretty nice. It's, uh, I believe it's based on some webby technology of some sort. I forget which. But anyways, so here, if I go to the other capture, um, I have, here we are. OK, so the way you do it is you write a thing called an extension. An extension is just you know, a plug-in for the app. Um, there's going to be different types. Right now, there are high-level analyzers that take the output of a low-level analyzer that's written in C and then allows you to analyze it in Python. Um, there's also uh, Python measurement um, analyzers, I guess. Um, so what you do is you write an extension, and my extension is called Register Transactions. 
and it includes an analyzer. So if I hop over to the analyzers, now you can see I've got this I2C register transaction um, plugin here. Uh, so uh, let's just jump to it. So normally you're looking at your traffic here. Uh, this is the hard part. Let's uh, let's do it like uh, if I can jump here. All right. So this is your I2C traffic. Let me get this smaller. That didn't work. Oh well. Uh, so here you can see this is what you normally get. Here's a write to an address, uh, or write to an I2C address, and then a which register address, and then the data coming back. Um, so it's reading back uh, 41. Um, I'm able to decode this into a, uh, a read to the power management one register, and the data is 41. So right now, it's just getting the name of the register and the data that's going back and forth. Um, but now that I have code that can do that, that can figure out the, you know, the destination and the data, um, I can plug in the prior code that I wrote that does more interesting higher level stuff like keeping track of which bits are being written to and read from and whatnot. So more to come later. That's exciting. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that. And is that something that you're using right now just for your own um, work? Will you be sharing that out with other people who are using uh, the Salier logic I, analyzer? Yes, I am. I believe I made it public on my uh, GitHub um, thing. So I think it's just Great. called, I don't know, I'll post a link in the uh, Discord. Um, but yeah, anyone can use it. You'll have to get access to the alpha of the new version. But I think anyone, it's totally open. So anyone can do it. Great. Good. Well, thank you for coming on and showing that. We appreciate it. Catch you later. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Colin. Colin, prepare yourself mentally because you are on show and tell. Hello. Can you come back and like give me another ten minutes? Then I gotta. <laughs> that preparation not. is gonna take time. You know what? I'm just gonna go with it as is. Um, yeah. So I've been working on an app for uh, Adafruit folks to use to help track uh, locations and not contact tracing, but um, in that nature of that thing. And uh, you know, the spirit of the moment is the things we all have to be concerned about nowadays. And uh, you can see it running there and all glossy on my screen, really, you know, blurring everything. But I'm going to show you on a much clearer, more consistent view from the simulator, if you don't mind. Give me one second. Can you see that? Yeah, good. So here we have the path. Uh, this is the movement that's been recorded by the app running in the background. And we have some options. We can go in and we can get edit our user info, all this good stuff. We can turn our reminders that reminds us to um, log our temperature uh, daily at a certain time. And uh, we have a reminder we could set for sending a report weekly that will include that whole path and everything. Then we have some fun debug values. You can nerd out on uh, core location stuff and test out different uh, approaches to recording locations. And if you want more details, you can go down here to your location log. You can see all the locations that have been recorded. Tap on one to see actually where it was and see the pin. And then some of the nuts and bolts about the, you know, the stats uh, associated with that location. Uh, you can also go into your temperature history and you can, I just have a few test values in here right now, but you can uh, view your temperature changes over time, which is kind of fun. 
and um, just implementing this and um, converting from Fahrenheit to Celsius. And of course, you can go in here and log your temperature for the day. Uh, yeah. So, is so, the uh, a question is the yeah. um, location data something that you're actively checking in uh, and saying I'm gonna I'm gonna stamp down this location as a place I've been, or is it extracted from a certain interval of just where you are? Um, I think I know what you mean. I mean, it's basically I subscribe to, in the API, you subscribe to changes uh, that the iPhone detects. And you say like, look, you know, I don't want to use too much battery. So just tell me every, you know, 100 meters or something. You try to give them, if, if you ask for a more precise uh, threshold, then it will use more battery power. So you try to you pick a place and then you say, okay, I'm going to run in the background. You let me know. And then it just checks in once in a while while the app is running in the background and sends you and then you respond to it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, core locations got a lot better over the years. Uh, that's, oh, that's Apple's great. API. For and, and currently for using it to, let's say, compare notes with someone to say, hey, were we in contact with each other? Uh, can you... Uh, send them a log of the data it's 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 all kept local yeah. to your phone currently right yeah yeah this this is not shared automatically or anything like that um uh, strangely enough the end point i can't actually demo for you i click this button right here it's the mail uh -huh. button but what that does is it opens the mail interface which isn't uh, available in the simulator right now but mm -hmm. and then it includes uh, a text log uh you know all human readable text and an image of your path and um, it has, you know, our default uh, address that employees can send it to. Uh, but you could set that to anybody. And uh, I was thinking about adding an option just to straight up uh, save the file locally, mm -hmm. uh, wherever you like. So That's we got great. a lot more things to come. And um, yeah, hopefully it's and helpful. Do we know, is this something that will be uh, available to anyone to use? Or will it just be shared among uh, Adafruit employees for the foreseeable future? Right now we're planning on just for Adafruit employees, but I'm not, I'm not actually sure. We'll, we'll let you know. Mm -hmm. we, uh, would be cool to share it and, you know, it's helpful and, for other people. Uh, love that. A nuts and bolts yeah. question I have about that. Is that done uh, with hmm. test flight? Is that the mechanism you can use to, to have an app that's not in the app store, but a, a small group of people to distribute for internal yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, huh. um, yeah. You can use uh, test flight um, if you're gonna do a, sort of like a full release. You could do like enterprise uh, mm. custom app release. The wording oh, okay. gets sort of bland and ambiguous, but um, but yeah, that that's for for more official internal stuff. Right now, we're trying it uh, out in test flight, and we're seeing how it goes. Yeah. We'll, Sort of going to decide the best path, but yeah, you can do external testers with test flight now. There's been a lot of changes and it's made it much more accessible. Yeah, in recent times. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe it's I'll download cool. it at some point, and I'll be incredibly unlikely to intersect anyone from New York, Adafruit, since I'm out here in California. But <laughs> might be fun yes, to try. please do. I will add you to the uh, VIP VIP debug <laughs> list, and you can Excellent. have access to all those little options. In there. Very cool. Great work, cool. uh, thanks, JP. And, and thanks to uh, everyone on the iOS uh, app development team there at Adafruit who's been working on this. Uh, it's really impressive. Yeah. I don't know Trevor and Antonio, everybody. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, the, the gang. Excellent. Very cool. Thanks for coming on, showing that, Colin. Yes, everybody worked on it.
All right, uh, let's see. Next up, let's bring on Noah and Pedro. Boop, boop. Hey, what's up, John? How's things? We're doing it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. OK, so this week, uh, I really wanted to put together something that I wanted to put together a little bit ago. So I've been using uh, Phil B's little mini fume extractor for solder smoke uh, for ever since he made it. So one of the things I wanted is I wanted a bigger battery. So we got the bigger battery uh, and I put together like a little enclosure and Lamar was like, you know what? You should make it more simple. So it only has googly eyes. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> it, it has the USB cable so I can just plug it in uh, directly to any, any ah, of these right. lipstick batteries, the little, little five volt USB battery. So I plug it in and it's now sucking all the smoke That's that I don't have here. Um, so right. one of the other things that I wanted to do as a feature is to just be able to quickly, let me turn this off. <laughs> to quickly uh, take out the, uh, to swap out the uh, the carbon filter. So it has a little snap fit fit here. So that opens up and we have access to the fan. It's got a little fan guard so that it doesn't touch the blades. And these little, um, these little filters, we started stocking them like uh, maybe two years ago. Um, so they're not too new and not too old, right? So uh, you just cut this down to size. This is a 50 millimeter um, fan. Uh, so, you know, that's its size for that. So you just cut it with the exacto knife. The frog uh, feet are so adorable. I can't stand <laughs> it. Frog feet. It's funny. Phil B saw it on base camp. He's like, I'm going to print one and I will name it Jar Jar Stinks. <laughs> so that's a great name. Uh, another thing I want is I really like tripod adapt, like screw adapters and this GoPro. Uh, GoPro has like really nice style uh, hinges. So I figured mm -hmm. why not just, you know, copy that and use that that's so good. that it can be adaptable. He's like, he's kind of like dancing around there. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> so hopefully this, I don't know, inspires folks to like add googly eyes to their things or make yeah. them more enjoyable like this yeah. guy here. Yeah, so, it, it uh, really is begging to have a little stop motion animation leaping around too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so that's what we have this week. Uh, the files are all up there. Uh, it's all 3D printed in PLA without any support stuffs. Um, I got a question. Is the uh, fan five volt uh, to begin with, and you've changed the uh, the the plug, or did you add a, a converter for uh, voltage? Good question. Yeah. So these fans are five volt um, rated, so they'll just power off anything that has five volts. And then uh, I just soldered it to one of our silicone ribbon cables because I like them. They're really oh, nice. And then we uh, Adafruit stocks these little DIY. Um, USB plugs. They're really nice because you have yeah. access to the uh, where's the camera? Yeah, I have access to the little thing there. Um, so and they come with like, these little uh, strain reliefs. So when mm -hmm. you're pulling on it, it doesn't uh, rip the solder joint, which is really okay. nice. Um, so and I noticed that the, you know looking on Amazon and and there's so many of these on on DigiKey too. Um, there's actually some that are five volt that already have USB. Uh, oh really? Which oh, is I funny. didn't know that. Which is good. Um, so uh, I have those all linked too in the learn guide. So folks want to uh, check that out. That's um, excellent. Learn, learn guide is out now. People can yep. go and get the files. It's all excellent. ready. Excellent. Good. Well, <laughs> so have you named yours yet? Um, I need to, to I can't, to I, it's hard to beat Jar Jar Stinks, <laughs> you know? So we're going to call him Jar Jar Stinks. Son of uh, hey, and while I've got you here, what is going on with the SNES cartridge back there? That looks yeah, nice. that's a great point. That was this week's time lapse Tuesday. This is uh, by Thingiverse user uh, Flying Purple Cow. So it looks like an NES cart. I don't know if it's like perfect dimensions. Maybe it is, 
But what's cool about it is that it has this little extra piece. You actually pop that in, Whoa. and out comes, <laughs> out comes the tray, and this uh, snap fits uh, these these cards, these SD cards. That's excellent. There's some in the back there too. Uh, you do need a little bit of support material, but uh, hey, just printed with supports. And uh, I'm really digging this marble filament. It's PLA. It doesn't have real marble in it. It's just these yeah. like speckles. Uh -huh. uh, that's not going to focus, but it has this marble kind of finished look to it. Um, and that's uh, some filament that folks can get on Amazon. And yeah, just search for marble PLA. Maybe there is marble PLA like with actual marble in it. I think it was a mistake in there like... Let's just call it marble. Yeah, that's what the community has dubbed it. Um, so yeah, check this one out. We have a little YouTube time lapse on the channel. Nice. Uh, oh, good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for the bonus show and tell because I missed two yeah, shows. Yeah, that's all good. Huh? Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks. And uh, we will see you next time. Uh, and now let's uh, bring on Tim, who has been waiting patiently. Thank you so much, Tim. Hello, everybody. So. I thought I would show off a little bit of vintage electronics. So we have here a uh, HP 35 calculator uh, from circa 1972. It's actually an early one because it doesn't say 35 on it, it because it was the only model at the time it was released. Um, so the full function scientific calculator back when many of these things were, would have been the size of a typewriter or something, uh, something like that. Uh, and what's really amazing about it is that uh, they accomplished all the scientific functions with only uh, 768 instructions. So there's a website out there that actually showed someone cut open one of the uh, dead ROM chips, and you actually can see the transistors with uh, light microscopy. Yeah, so they did a lot with, uh, with a little. And uh, basically the only maintenance one of these things needs is a new um, nickel cadmium or nickel metal hydride uh, battery pack. Uh, that's about it, and these things will keep uh, keep cranking for a long time. And made it through show and tell without dropping something on the floor. So great, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, what a beautiful calculator and uh, uh, great display. Are those the very tiny little uh, LCDs or, or uh, LED yeah, wire kind of ones? Are right. So they're the little tiny. If it's going to focus, I don't know if it will. But the little tiny uh, LED displays made up of uh, individual. Uh, uh, LEDs, uh, yeah. almost like little pixels. And yeah. I think people like to scavenge these because it's uh, it's like some of the greedlies on Star Wars lightsabers. So some of the cheaper four-function calculators get taken apart for, uh, for this. <laughs> Very cool. That's a great uh, a great retro show and tell. Thanks for bringing that on, Tim. We appreciate yeah, no it. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for letting me share it. You bet. All right. We'll see you next time. Uh, all right, now we've got uh, Chris D, who has been uh, also hanging out and waiting patiently. I'll give you a little warning and prepare to. Uh, hey, Chris, there you are. You are on show and tell. What you got? Yeah. Uh, so I was on the show last week and I showed these coins. And I need to correct the record on this. I did not make the coins. I watched Lady Ada's recap and she. They, I think they got the impression that I designed or somehow made the coins. I had nothing to do with the, um, the design or production or manufacturer of the coins. I just had this idea to use the coin as a wire um, and, uh, you know, kind of a switch thing. And so uh -huh. I'll, this is the, the greedy, gar uh, greedy gargoyle that wants a coin. Um, I'll show him in a minute. So now his colors are kind of red and yellow because he's angry. He doesn't have the coin. We'll give him the coin in just a minute. But I thought I would just uh, explain like where I found the coins and I got them in case anyone is interested in that. Right. Um, but the copper coins, 
Um, they have a Mayan calendar design, and they came from this place called APMEX. Um, and APMEX, I'm just an ordinary customer. I have no special relationship with them, but they sell gold coins, they sell silver coins. But I found out you could get these copper coins. And this is what a pack of 20 looks like. If you get one, it's a little more than $3, like $3.10. If you get a 20 pack, the price comes down to about 280. So it's a little less than $60 for a 20 pack of these chunky copper coins. Um, silver coins, I found out about the existence of these and I'll try, I have two of them here so I can, if the focus gods are on my side, I can try to show both sides. But I found out about these from, there's a Reddit group called Silverbugs. And the Reddit Silverbugs are enthusiastic about the metal silver. Um, and uh, in April, they started, you know, this started popping up pictures of it. If I can get really close, it does say April 2020. Of course, it won't focus for me now. Um, but um, on the Reddit group, people were showing these off, and someone said, Oh, you can get it on eBay. Um, and so I looked, and they had them on eBay. I looked again today, and it looked like the same place is called Bullion Express on eBay. Um, and it was about $27 for one of these. And the, the spot price of silver is $17 an ounce. This is one ounce of silver. So you're paying like $10 more than the raw price of silver. I'll show one more thing is that when I got them, it almost was like getting an Adafruit thing. They came <laughs> in bubble wrap and they're oh, yeah. silver, silver round. Technically, these are rounds, not coins. Like a coin enthusiast would tell you that Here's another one. This is called an American Eagle, and they're made by the United States Mint. And a coin made by a, a country's mint, a national mint, that's called a coin to serious coin people. And mm -hmm. something that is a, kind of made by a private mint is called a round. But I just Good uh, insider mint. info. Now we have some, some jargon to use. I like that. Jargon, yeah. And um, so I'll go back to the gargoyle. I'll show you one more thing. So the, this real coin from the US Mint, um, is, is called a silver eagle. And um, I, I found out that it's actually, it's slightly wider in diameter and it doesn't quite fit in the gargoyle, um, which again is using the parts from the Halloween lens holder. So this is a very easy to find this American Eagle coin because they make lots of them, but it doesn't quite fit. But if I show the COVID coin, um, we'll give him the coin. Hopefully this works. And his colors change. And this is all Circuit Python um, implemented in Circuit Python. If I show the back, you can see the blue fruit, and there's a bunch of wiring. So the blue fruit and the coin holder are, are wired into the um, Halloween and back. And if we take the coin away again, now he's mad. So we'll give it back to him again. Very cool. Yep. Yes, yeah, so that's what I wanted to show. I did not make the coins, but you can find them on either this APMEX place or the silver coin on, on eBay. Good. Thank you for now the record is straight on that. So I appreciate appreciate the follow-up on it and really great project. Very cool. Uh, and now I'm gonna be off looking for copper rounds because that's fascinating. Thank you. I thought they'd been that cheap. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, and uh, maybe we'll see you again uh, next time. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next up we have Dannon, who has also been waiting patiently, and I, I see he's got uh, a screen to share. Hello. Let's see, I'm not- How are you doing, there JP? There we go, a little choppy. Let's 
see if we can hear you. Is it working? Am I working? It sounds like you're working. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's just a little laggy. I am working? All right, cool. <laughs> this thing's been going through meltdown trying to get it to work, to stay on system. So <laughs> we'll see how well this goes. But um, I got a nice little idea of, uh, I like my robots. And I'm also a big Doctor Who fan. So I figured why not combine the two? Uh, for anybody who is familiar with Doctor Who, one of the bad guys is a Dalek. So I figure uh, why not marry my two little joys? I've got a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, a Sphero uh, rover that I'm going to use as the base for a Dalek that will grow in abilities. This is going to be a long project. It's good that you know that going in. The uh, you could switch over to my other screen. Are you there? We've got your screen up. Uh, your video is frozen a little. There we go. I JP. Hey, there we go. All right. Looks like uh, roughly a Dalek skirt-shaped uh, creation is going on here. Why don't I try to uh, come back to you? Okay. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, you're cutting out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back in a little bit and just see if the internet is being friendlier to you. Uh, so, in the meantime, we have Orlando, who is uh, ready to go. Hey, Orlando. Hello there. Nice to see you. What do you have for show and tell? So, this week, uh, let me get my screen share set up. Um, I started, so I'm teaching a workshop, and I mentioned this a couple times. I'm teaching a couple workshops. Um, is my screen currently being shared? Okay, there we right. yeah. So, teaching a couple workshops on instrumentation. Uh, first one's Introduction to Electronics, where I'm teaching printed circuit board designing in Eagle. The next one is biomedical instrumentation where I'm teaching people how to make heart rate monitors and the like. And the third one is designing a smartwatch where people you know, design a smartwatch with various sets of features. Uh, one of the features people wanted was sort of an MP3 and audio streaming as well. And so I had to do a lot of digging. And I, and I ran into this, yeah, I first needed to figure out that you can't do audio streaming through BLE because that's through, you know, uh, smaller rate protocol, you know, smaller rate data transmission, like little sensors and things like that. So I stumbled on this like RN52 Bluetooth microcontroller that sort of handles all the audio streaming for you. Uh, there's a nice little breakout on SparkFun. And so I started tinkering with it a little bit. And so I have an aux cable in my car. It's not Bluetooth enabled and I have an iPhone 7. So it has a lightning connector. So I always have to end up dealing with those stupid adapters that break <laughs> off. Uh, so it's actually kind of nice just to trick it out with Bluetooth. And when you do this little RN52 module, it's actually very, very easy to set up. It does all the, you know, stuff cool. for you. All you need to do is just power it up and, you know, give it a, sub, a couple serial commands and you're good to go. So I decided to make a little audio adapter breakout for it uh, that I can stick it in my car and also just to try it out. And I'm also thinking about doing a Bluetooth headphones product as well. My little sister this has a great. Yeah, this comes up a lot. People really want to do wireless Bluetooth audio, and uh, mm -hmm. I've never seen a, a easy DIY approach to it. It's often people say, go buy a thing off of, you know, Alibaba and hack it apart. But there hasn't, I haven't seen this uh, SparkFun adapter before. 
Oh yeah, it, it's super easy. I mean, it is like it is one of those things where you you hook it up, press it, go. I am very happy. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I did a little breakout board for it. I'm gonna stick it in my car so I can make it Bluetooth enabled. Uh, so it basically, the, the general gist of the breakout is a power supply, so it regulates the USB voltage. So I'll power it through the 12 volt connector in my car, and then it has an um, a 3.5 millimeter jack to connect the aux cable um, to from the Bluetooth module itself to the car. And then the and then the phone will communicate to the Bluetooth module over Bluetooth. Um, so I send the design files to Oshpark, and I'm kind of waiting for it to come back. And you, as you can see, it's just a handful of components. So it should be uh, kind of a cinch to solder as well. Uh, the Bluetooth module is castellated, uh, so which means that the vias it's going to be fairly easy to solder to these vias, except for these ground connections that are right here. Uh, those are surface mount and they're recessed, so they're hard to get to. So mm -hmm. I had to do a little bit of a uh, hacking there to get that get that going. So I'm pretty excited to try this thing out when it gets here. I've, I've had a, a breadboard version of it that I've been playing around with, and that one's been working great. Uh, so it'd be kind of nice to make it, make it a little more packaged and finished. Oh, that's great. Very cool. Yeah, Thank we're you. excited to see that uh, as you work on it. Maybe you can come on and show us the breadboard version of it sometime too. That would be fun to see the, uh, the evolution sure. of it as you go. I, I, it's right across the death table for me. You got a minute for me to go yeah, grab sure. it? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah. Meanwhile, we'll bring Colin back on just to see what Colin's sure. doing. Hi, Colin. Bye, Colin. Let me stop sharing real quickly. And if you're seeing my face, uh, it's just right here. So this is the breakout from SparkFun. Added a button to do some volume, volume control. There are a couple of GPIO pins that you can just essentially connect the buttons to to actuate uh, control volume, play, pause, uh, forward, reverse, those types of things. I have a little breadboard power supply that I made a couple of years ago, just regulating the LiPo voltage down to 3.3. And then there's this little, you know, 3.5 millimeter jack connector that I connect to an aux cable. Uh, so it. It's pretty straightforward. Cool. I'm making an instructable of some sort, maybe put on a Hackaday or uh, instructable uh, for it soon. And then I also do that the same thing for the PCB version. That's excellent. Yeah, it's exciting too to see the uh, all of that shrunk down to something nice and yeah, yeah. once, once you get the pumped. PCB back. That's great. Cool. Thank you so much, Orlando. Very cool project. Uh, and looking forward to seeing that uh, board when you get it in. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, okay. I think that that uh, wraps it up for us. Unfortunately, Dannon wasn't able to get his connection uh, back together. So uh, to start a new uh, tradition, we will uh, just leave you with a few moments of Colin making facial expressions at the camera. 